Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. In today's episode, we get a, we begin our special four-part miniseries, Road to Terminator Genesis. We will revisit, discuss, dissect, and argue about all four existing Terminator films leading up to the franchise's fifth installment, Terminator Genesis, on July 1st. We just sat down, uh, myself, Patrick. Hi. Matt Hughes is here again. Good evening. And Tyler. Hello. Uh, we all sat down. We watched The Terminator, the 1984 flick. Uh, and it was very 1984. It was very, <laughs> it was very 1984. So the first thing I wanted to say was, let's do the whole, you know, really quickly, first experience, and then, and then how did it hit you tonight? So I'll, I'll start by saying I saw... The Terminator after seeing T2 as a as a kid, and it was on the premise of how much uh, I loved T2. It was one of my favorite movies from the first time I saw it, and we begged our parents to let us watch The Terminator, and my dad snuck us a VHS copy of it from the local video rental store. We weren't supposed to say that we had it. We watched it after the fact. Um, and I remember at that time thinking, like, good Lord, this is way darker and scarier than T2 seemed to me at the time, and it was a bit more gratuitous in certain ways, even though they're both R-rated flicks. But of all the Terminator movies, I might have seen the Terminator the least, surprisingly. I was thinking about it while we were watching it. I think I may have only seen it from start to finish three times, counting tonight. And then it's been on the background in like TNT all the time growing <laughs> up. Um, yeah, and I, I really loved it then, and I loved it tonight. What would... What do you think, Patrick? Tell us your story. <laughs> Mine is very similar since we were in the same room watching it as children. <laughs> oh, your brothers? Yeah. All oh, right. you guys we are related. siblings. But here's the thing: that was one of the that was the time when my parents first started letting us watch uh, rated R movies. If they were there watching it with us and like could fast forward it through scenes and mute it through certain scenes, you know. So we got away watching Terminator Two that way because we liked Arnold. My dad liked Arnold. But for well, some who reason, doesn't, who doesn't like yeah. Arnold? The <laughs> world true. likes. We can all agree. Yeah, everybody loves Arnold. Yeah, they should. he's a movie star. So we landed yeah. watching this movie, and for some reason, they just put it on the first one and walked out of the room and just let us watch it by oh ourselves, which was kind of mm. scary because it was it's a pretty R-rated movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was a hard R, S- especially to young children. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it then, and I I still like it a lot. Matt? Um, I think that there was maybe almost a whole decade between me seeing T2 at the age of 12 and then actually finally getting around to thinking maybe I should see the first one in the franchise. And uh, actually, much like you guys, it is, it's the one I've seen the least. Tonight, I think, was my third, maybe fourth full viewing of The Terminator. Um, I love it. It's great. But I think it's it's weird. It's one of those things where it's it's like less iconic than T2 somehow sure. in culture. And so I just never, like, if the choice was there between one and two, I'd be like, man, I'm going to watch Terminator 2 again. Sure. Terminator 2 yeah. is so good. But I, yeah, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed watching it as a as a grown man rather than just a teen. It was yeah. great. Which brings us to Tyler, <laughs> the only of the four who took notes on the flick. <laughs> During the film, yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to be sure to 
express all the the fantastic commentary <laughs> I had during the film for all of you now <laughs> on the record. He was the only one bringing his A game to the podcast. <laughs> We're phoning it in. The rest of us are phoning it in. I, I've got a lot of memories from my childhood of Terminator 2 because it's clearly the American favorite. It's kind of a rarity for the sequel to just totally eclipse mm-hmm. yeah. the original film. Yeah. Um, I don't remember when I saw this one. Uh, I know I have, but I don't have any distinct memory of it. All, all of my childhood was just based around Terminator two. Mm. Right. Mm. And, uh, I remember the first time I did see this one. Um, I, again, I don't no distinct memory, but I, I remember feeling weird seeing Schwarzenegger being the villain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like, what it was just so off putting. It's like I can't right. come on. How man. am I how am I yeah. supposed to root for this guy's demise when I, I know that in Terminator two he's Right. In the, the movie you like better that you've seen a million times, he's the exactly. good guy. Yeah. 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 But considering it now, I think it's pretty clever. Oh yeah. Well that's what I wanted to try to attempt with this exercise. So put yourself in the mindset for the sake of the next, you know, twenty five minutes or whatever it is. Consider or pretend rather that you've never seen a single Terminator film whatsoever and all you have to go on other than this evening so all you have to go on is the terminator and uh you know because it's almost impossible to watch it wasn't even when we were kids it was impossible to watch without having everything about t2 front loaded in your brain right right um but you know the things that struck me about the terminator this time around were how many things kind of stand up on their own without t2 as being original or clever or original for the sake of um how they propelled the rest of the franchise Mm -hmm. because if you when you put the two together um so much of what happens in the terminator you know could have been for all i know i don't i don't i'm not terribly familiar with what if he always planned for there to be a continuation or if he meant that to be the only one but it stands on its own and he really took a lot of concern for every detail he left hanging to put the sequel in motion. I mean, they it really goes off uh, so much of that. So when I watch The Terminator, I'm always thinking, oh, because that happens in T2 and that happens yeah. in T2. Uh, but you've got to kind of detach yourself from those things to just consider the movie on its own merits. And one of the things that occurs to me um, that has a life even beyond, obviously, T2, just if, if for Arnold in general, is the catchphrase, I'll be back, which Tyler rightly pointed right. out. Is... Uh, what was it that you said about it when we were It was a threat. It? Yeah. It, origi- it originated as a threat. Yeah. So if you, you know, now it's like you don't even really think about any context. No. Without yeah. that. He just it's just it. something he, you he expect just, him to say. Arnold yeah. That. But it was from yeah. Terminator 2 when he was being heroic. Right. So we all have those those connotations in our head of him being the hero. But it was weird when he walks into the police station and he's looking to kill Sarah Connor and, and he tells the guy behind the, the desk, desk that he'll be back and then he drives a police <laughs> car into him drives that car it's like well no right up yeah yep but you know what's great about that is that that's the kind of clever thing in t2 that this is long before it had become a tired catchphrase you're just mm-hmm. hearing it for the second time and yep. it's been flipped upside down the same way his character mm-hmm. right right has it's been, been redeemed up. yeah yeah it's, it's there's clever. a cool story if you read arnold's book total recall <laughs> <laughs> where he <laughs> tells the story of that catchphrase where he got in an argument with Cameron about it because he said 
the machine wouldn't use the contraction. He would say, I, I will, will be back. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Cameron was like, no, this will be the catchphrase. And they went back and forth, and Cameron was right. I'll mm-hmm. be back is much snappier. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, why would a robot care to be snappy? Yeah. He had a point. Good for Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he thought that through. Yeah, yeah, he was I'm impressed. Up, his grammar was solid. Character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the, the other funny thing about I'll be back is it's not even in the, in the movie. It's not the moment that he says it that's the punchline right it's moments later when he then you know you expect him to come back in with a gun or something right he like <laughs> drives, that drives car a car into uh-huh. the person <laughs> he promised yeah. to return to <laughs> and that's when you know i've got to assume that audiences would have reacted not to the hearing i'll be back for the first time no because they like, yeah they had no frame of reference yeah it's them that he drives it back in and then that right. would be like oh remember when he said i'll be back and then, and then so it was contingent on something mm-hmm. he did Later, it didn't even stand up on its own uh, two feet. You know, the the easiest thing to talk about with the Terminator is how dated a lot of it feels. Especially the technology. Yeah, the technology. Yeah. But some of it, I think, is is quite nice. The overall visual aesthetic of the movie is just outrageously 80s. Like 80s future technology. There was a budget on this one, you can tell. (laughs) But even so... A lot of the stuff that they're doing in the Terminator, if they were now doing like a nostalgic type of movie, they would go for the kind of lighting and the kind of mm, shots right. that they got, like city stuff and neon and you know what I mean? Big like hair. Yeah, and the stuff where some of it is is kind of impressive. Like I remember uh, the scene where Arnold climbs up into that empty hotel room or whatever yeah. he does surgery on himself, which yeah. is a whole different conversation. But he's coming <laughs> in, and the way that they like work out the the lighting and the shadows uh-huh. cast in the room, everything. It's really 80s looking. But at the same time, you're like, that's oh, kind of cool. You could tell they yeah. put a lot of work into this mm-hmm. yeah. shot in light placement, even for like a low-budget sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's only a couple of things that kind of date it, like the over-the-top soundtrack dates it. <laughs> <laughs> but what's hilarious about that soundtrack, soundtrack, which is just like, Absolutely nothing but bass arpeggios. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, it probably, I know that they were in a studio somewhere getting demos from that guy oh, who made yeah. it alone in his apartment mm-hmm. going, whoa, yeah, man, this cool. is so <laughs> cutting edge. This is going to do it. <laughs> oh, it's bad. That's the thing that I feel like, even more than the bad uh, animatronics the soundtrack dates the movie more yeah. than anything. Yeah. I, I could see Patrick enjoying though, enjoying it though. As a bassist, you were getting pretty excited. Right. Yeah. That, I, I was just being inspired so left hard. and right all right. over again. <laughs> I got some new ideas, yeah. guys. Can't wait. <laughs> so, riddle me this. Why did they need to build an entire prosthetic head to lend, uh, for the yeah. to lend credibility to that scene where he cuts his eye out. Right. Because later in the movie, they establish that they can get the same thing done with makeup. Yeah. Right. Why in the world? But that head know. comes back a few times. It that does. makes Just even randomly. less Because yeah. it's like, now we've seen, oh, we don't even need the makeup. But let's stick this awful looking head right. in there a couple more times. Continuity. But there's that, no way that anyone on that set was fooled by that head. No way. It was cutting edge at the time, man. That no. was like, oh, no, this is it. I can't buy this. This is it. Because <laughs> it's, it's 80s technology in two ways. We're seeing them interact with VCRs and very old, right. outdated technology in the film. But then seeing what they had to create the film is like, wow, this is, how is anybody fooled by this? Oh, yeah. There's no way. And there's, no, you know, I think our suspension of disbelief 
with visual effects back then was a lot uh we had a lot more tolerance for things because it wasn't so much that you were being fooled but that you were like neat Right. They yeah. built Look at that cool thing they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's obviously not real, but I love that they they made the effort. You know, even uh, like early the earliest CG in like something like a James Cameron movie, like The Abyss, sure. or even in T two, no one was is fooled by that like liquid metal effect no. to think like, oh, it's real. But you're like, cool, they did it. Yeah. Look visual. what they accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. You're, just, you're just appreciating the effort. Yeah. <laughs> you really right. are. Good job, guys. Yeah. Great, but Thanks, hey, you, I can see you put a lot of work Thanks into for that. trying, man. Yeah. But I just, the thing that's so bizarre about it, it's not like they had no other way to accomplish that thing. So someone in an editing room, I imagine, is looking at the shots of him with the makeup and then like, I'm going to put that head back in there. Yeah. And I hope someone was going, guys, you know, I know let's, that we spent a lot of money on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessary. Yeah, let's not do the head. Point. Yeah, the head wasn't great. I, I just feel bad for whoever put all that time and energy into creating the head <laughs> and brought it to set one day and was probably proud of it right and then yeah, they yeah. looked at it and went oh, yeah well. when then later they well. have to stick like two flies on it for the scene where he's in there like looking through sarah connor's address book they're like hold on guys let's get the head back <laughs> stick a fly on there because his flesh is getting funky now yeah. oh brilliant <laughs> yeah not on his yeah. just actual just, head yeah that was good observation there yeah thanks as bad as the head was i feel like the robot skeleton was just as bad. It was uh, just it was stop motion. Stop, stop motion. I yeah. love the robot. It was skeleton. so bad. It is that is my when it comes if out it, of the <laughs> truck fire. That is my favorite part yeah. in that whole movie. Here's my defense. Well, sure, it's a cool scene, but once he starts walking, it's yeah. like, <laughs> no, it's clearly that's, that's how a beat motion. up robot skeleton would walk. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> looks, <laughs> it, it looks it looks dated, and it looks like it's clearly not there. Oh yeah, know? yeah. Um, but I will forgive the robot over the, the head. head because the stop motion thing just has, it almost has like an intensifyingly creepy vibe mm-hmm. to it in its hokiness. Yeah. Right, that it's all like jittery like that. Yeah. The jitteriness. Yeah. I don't know. It feels kind of Nosferatu or something. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's out of a horror film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That entire final bit of the third act mm-hmm. is a horror movie. Right. It's like, as soon as it rises up out of the fire, yep. you're in a horror movie until she smashes it. Totally. Like everything about the way that it's shot and the yep. music and the right. way they draw out the tension. It's mm-hmm. like, which yeah. I think is kind of neat. Cause it's like, <laughs> There's a lot of genres going on there. Obviously, the romance piece is really bad. Oh, so no bad. Way, man. Here's let's a let's get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> it, that deserves a, a its lot own of attention. time. Yeah. But what you can see there is a young uh, director with a lot of ambition who's yeah. trying to incorporate more than just I don't want to just blow stuff up. Right. It, right. I, I want a love story. Want something in there for the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> want That's something right. In there with the ladies, which is also funny because James Cameron James Cameron goes on to make movies noteworthy for their strong female leads, whether right. it's a- Ellen Ripley in, in Alien uh-huh. or uh, Sarah Connor in T2. Right. But in this one, she's more like the, oh my gosh, oh God, I'm so scared. It's funny. Yeah. She's even more jarring in ha- having seen T2 one and then watching The Terminator than Arnold as the villain is. Right. Because she's yeah. so fluffy and feminine right. in Compared The Terminator. Just than like the... Freaking rock and roll in yeah. T2. Yeah. 
And she's quite pretty as young Linda Hamilton. James mm-hmm. Cameron found romance in That's her. That's right. Not for, for, <laughs> not a, for eternity. No, Just for a, short for a little time. while. You know, it's like Sarah Connor said, in the few hours they had exactly. together. Exactly. Yeah. They loved <laughs> a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those ending scenes were, were great. Uh, the stop motion robot wasn't. But then they would cut away and they'd have like a like a waist up shot of the yeah, skeleton yeah. and you could tell it was just someone down on their knees yeah, it was right. a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> bouncing it around the room yeah, you know? absolutely a puppet and turning it really quickly and the same when they just shoot the legs yeah. like coming up the stage you're like oh there's yeah. just two dudes there just, just yeah. moving, moving the legs, the legs yeah, yeah. yeah. And this, well, like, what else are they going to do that's, that's this the best they could do yeah. at the time that's that's the before. year I was born that's all they had uh, yeah, you're old I wasn't born yet <laughs> mm. I was one I was watching it as a one-year-old. That's my experience that I remember. I was born time. so that I could watch yeah. Terminator. <laughs> but I, I, I will say that it was it was very clever of them to have that that final scene in a machine shop. Yeah, where yeah. she's crawling around other right. machines and she actually uses a machine to kill the machine. It's yeah. it's very. Cool. I thought it was interesting. At one point, the robot is looking around at the other machines. Right. It's like, yeah. are you my friends? What are you? What's going on? It's like, wait, he's saying, Stan, what are you doing? Yeah. She's getting away. Hey, I know. He just kept looking yeah. around at all the different machines, like, like taking a moment <laughs> to like take it all in. Like, oh, wow. What is going on here? Let me do this all by myself, yeah. guys. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I it was the one point it stopped. It stopped and looked around. Oh, my gosh. I think maybe you're reading a little in. I think we're supposed to. I think we're supposed to notice that. That's in the original screenplay. Okay. Okay, whatever you say. Well, you know, the... Well, you know, coming back to the romance piece, something that Tyler observed while we're watching the movie is the weirdness of the fact that by the end of The Terminator you know that clearly she tells John Connor who his dad is in yep. Kyle Reese and that that is why l- earlier in the movie she asked, you know, can you tell me who the father is? And he's like, oh, he never said because obviously it would have played into him sending him back. Right. Um, <laughs> and <he's, laughs> he is at some point given this photo yep. of Sarah In the Connor. future, in yep. the year. The Mexico photo. 2029. 2029. Yep. yep. So you were saying, here's James Cameron writing romance. <laughs> here's a photo of my mom. <laughs> yeah, so the story plays out that John Connor approaches uh, Reese and says, here's a photo of my mom. And then if, Enjoy. And then, and then some, Reese, who is implied to be a virgin, and then sometime later is like, hey, does anyone want to volunteer and go save my mom? Mm. Like, so obviously John Connor has like oh, you think prepped, he, yeah, he's prepped been enticed. Reese. So yeah, Reese, exactly. Reese has become like, infatuated with her right. just with through ni- this photo. 1984, yeah. Sarah Connor, 19-year-old. <laughs> he's crossing his fingers thinking, That's man, right. uh, I'm sure my mom gets pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Hold be, so otherwise it would be like in Back to the Future, he's waiting around after uh-huh. he sends Kyle Reese back, he keeps holding up his hand yeah. and seeing, seeing it if it goes see-through. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he's going to send Reese back so Reese can be his dad. The more romantic they get, just like Marty McFly and yeah. his parents. Yeah. Why right. does it always have to do with creepy stuff with your yeah. parents? I would travel to a time and place where my parents weren't around, so it would be a non-issue. Yeah. Back you say that now. Back to the future give you a time machine and see what you do, though. Yeah. Back to the Future came out in 85, right? The first one? Is that right? Yeah, yeah I think it was the next, know, very next year. Mm. Yeah, because that was the deal. He jumped I wonder if they talked about that. Went back and forth to in fives. These time travel movies are Well, you same. can definitely say this. 
that the franchise as a whole, but especially the first two films, mm-hmm. obviously had an influence on science fiction movies yep. and time travel movies. I mean, right. we'll mm-hmm. talk about this in the next episode, but the uh, like X-Men Days of Future Pla- Past right. is Terminator 2. Sure. It's the exact plot yeah. of yeah. Terminator yep. 2. The whole exploiting the grandfather paradox and all that stuff, obviously. Let me ask up. you this, this real quick. He goes into his hotel room and works on this fake head. Yeah. Right. So are we under the assumption that he was there earlier? Yeah. Or did he just find a mysterious room with nah, medical tools with and, and guns and yeah. the, with everything <laughs> under the mattress? Or, yeah. No, nah, he'd, he'd obviously prep that room because then later on when he's got the flies on his face, the guy's like knocking on the door. So obviously expects the room to be occupied. Is he back at that same room? Yeah, it's mm. the same room. Yep. Okay, so yeah, he's definitely back. So yeah, it's at some point he went and reserved this room in between killing the first <laughs> yes. two Sarah Connors. He went and paid cash for that hotel room and set up his stole some medical supplies and set up his surgery. So it's a lot of effort when he's on a head. mission there. Hey man, you gotta you gotta care for your weapon, which is his body. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's just <laughs> like he's into fitness, and he is. And he, well, he is. Exactly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Now. As we're sitting there watching uh, the beginning of the movie, you know, it starts with the post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. stuff and the miniatures <laughs> right. rolling over the skulls and everything. <laughs> yeah. Just great, iconic-looking yeah. stuff that goes on throughout all the Terminator movies. What I was thinking was the beauty of the Terminator franchise, um, at least up to a certain point, is that it takes this macro concept, which is like the, you know the thing they keep the war in the future yeah. and nuclear holocaust yeah. and the machines and all that stuff, and rather than try to make that the concept, which is just the most larger than life thing ever, yeah. they take like a weird offshoot. It's like almost like if that were the main movie, this would be a side story sure. that would come out in book form. This going into the past, and it just has to do with a few small characters in right. in the past, and or in what was at the time modern L.A. instead yeah. of in the future in the post-apocalyptic world. I think that's really clever. I think that's yeah. the, the stuff of great narratives to kind of reverse engineer your concept back from the big thing, right? Distill it down into something smaller that plays into that, and then for the franchise has to go on for quite a while. What and everyone started to say like. Well, are we ever going to have a movie <laughs> that's just right, just the, the future post-apocalyptic stuff? stuff yeah. Because all they do is keep talking about it and find ways to hang around in the past, which makes right. me wonder about Genesis. Mm-hmm. Where are we going with this? Because if you've listened to our last episode, you know we only watch trailer number one if we watch any trailers at all. So, yes. And that get, gives us very little to go on in the way of plot, and we've managed to st- remain pure yeah. up to this point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All I remember at this point from the Genesis trailer is Schwarzenegger saying, I'll be back, and then jumping headfirst out of a helicopter. Yeah, that yeah. part was awesome. That's yeah, that's good. I remember that part. But I I thought of this when the CG, or the CG, the, the stop-motion robot, <laughs> what, cyborg, pardon me, was skittering yeah. around in the factory. There is a shot of a, like a fleshless T-800 in the Genesis trailer firing weapon. It's obviously CG at this right. point. And I was thinking to myself. Which is good. I'm glad yeah. technology has <laughs> yeah. come a long way. Now hey, they didn't do this in the last 30 stop years. Stop motion robot in 2015. Now that they can mocap or whatever it is that they'll uh-huh. do to make those movements realistic at the T-800, stands to reason could be even scarier mm-hmm. than right. what's clearly a guy swinging around a torso puppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he 
a torso puppet that has a flair for the dramatic and always must walk slowly when attacking. Well, yeah. his foot well, was broken. Yeah. Well, he's walking slow the whole film. No, man, he runs. He was at a one dramatic point. killer. If he was a, that's that point. If he was, if he was he just runs. an emotionless robot, he wouldn't be acting so dramatic and building all this tension before he actually attacks someone. Yeah, but I don't it makes know. a better movie. <laughs> he didn't really need to run, other than in the uh, the tech noir, <laughs> right? The nightclub, and he kind of did a little there. He was like. He, Shot up. He trotted like around occasionally. Pepe Le Pew, he'd just like go at his own pace and eventually would catch up. You just compare the two. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> chasing cats. Yeah, chasing that cat with the paint stripe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tyler, you had an interesting thought about the opening credits. Yes. Uh, watching movies from the 80s, You, I guess any movie before the year 2000, uh, they all have long opening credits. Yep. And watching those now, you kind of get annoyed that you have to sit through all these opening credits and watch all these names roll by before you can actually get into the first scene. But I kind of, I kind of miss it <laughs> because films now they go straight from like the previews. You get a couple like title credits for the production companies, and then it yeah. goes straight into the movie. But when you have these films with the long opening credits, it kind of gets you in the mood. It gets your mind right. It builds yeah. anticipation for the movie. It can, and it, it, it can. cannot. It can go the other way too. Where you're just bored with it. Where you're bored yeah. with it. Well, no, yeah. great. Okay. Yeah, Terminator is great because you're, you're getting like text. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what's it gonna spell? And oh. the, uh, <laughs> the synth, the synth right. pulses. And mm-hmm. then I always think of like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies where you had to get what felt like a 15-minute sequence of just like a CG right. web flying right. around. Right. Yeah. Like, what had to recap all the other movies. Yeah. I know you cut out a scene. So we could have this right nonsense. Um, so before we end, there's just a couple of things that I wanted to uh, think about. Young naked Schwarzenegger. Well, that's the that first one. <laughs> young first naked Schwarzenegger. It's so great seeing young Schwarzenegger. I'm just going to say this. Uh, you know, uh, pardon me, our younger impressionable viewers, but. You see Arnold's uh, penis. In the you film. do. <laughs> on, yeah. the, on the high quality Blu-ray screen. In HD, you see that penis. <laughs> and it is swinging around. <laughs> <laughs> but the the reason that I mentioned this, and I, forgive me for being crass, but I don't remember that. No, <laughs> so I don't either. No, me yeah, either. I think it's I just, just remember Blu-ray. Butt. Yeah, I remember you saw Yeah, you butt. see a lot of butt. It's just yeah. that Blu-ray version. Yeah, because I mean, there's the reference you know, quality. He's, he's at what do you call that place in LA? It's Griffith, Griffith Observatory. Observatory. Yeah, he's walking around outside. Just <laughs> there's, a, there's a full frontal shot, but that I, yeah, I remember yeah. being shrouded in shadow. Yeah, right. it's just for a, uh, like it catches light for just a second. <laughs> there's just a glimmer of light on it. And that light is lost in the low-quality standard definition yeah. footage. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes you wonder, do they edit it like that with the low-quality stuff? It's like, oh, we can't see anything. It's good. Yeah, and so then right. It's fine. Oh, no. Don't up now, yeah. now, now you've got stuff like that on Blu-ray. It's it's all exposed now. Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting uh-huh. because that, I mean, that is a valid question i wonder if at the time it didn't it seemed like a non-issue like for the mpaa and stuff because you right. couldn't make the thing out you couldn't see anything but uh and i remember reading something about like spielberg saying that 
some of the um, updated transfers of his old movies have yeah. exposed like shoddy moments in the special mm-hmm. effects and wires sure. and things like that. Well, yeah. And uh, and the folks at like ILM or whatever will say, well, we can go back and like eliminate those cables from E.T. Or, and his philosophy is like, you just leave them. I mean, it's part of the charm of yeah. that era is that you notice things like that. Even if the cables are removed, it still doesn't look good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, some might say it might be even more distracting that you're, it's like animating the eyelids on an Ewok. Right. right. So, uh, but this is not cables. <laughs> this is no. a naked man. It's a cable. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've, uh, I've been to Griffith's observatory and when you visit, they've got this big memorial to James Dean who shot, um, rebel without a cause there. But I really wish <laughs> there was some, <laughs> A naked statue, statue to idolize naked Schwarzenegger because I would love to walk in those footsteps knowing that a young naked Schwarzenegger yeah you could have recreated ripped the heart out of yeah, a pump. there should be like little yeah. footprints or something that you can re got in a fight right. with a young Bill Paxton yeah oh here's another funny thing yeah <laughs> Bill Paxton was like a punk rocker with Liberty's bike and he had like yeah, a tire tread yeah. like, <laughs> like a tread mark tire tread on his face yeah. Look at how many of those people ended up in Alien, like Bill Paxton, uh-huh. uh, Lance Henriksen, who plays Bishop, and then the guy who plays Cal Reese is obviously the the, the main fellow in Aliens too. So James yeah. Cameron found some folks he liked. He married yeah, he one did. of them, right? And he worked with Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. many times after that. Um, yep. The it it occurred to me though when you think of Terminator. Even if you're thinking of the first one, you think of like Arnold in the leather jacket with the spiky hair and the sunglasses. Yeah, he doesn't actually acquire that look until like an hour into the right. right movie. Yeah, and the he goes through a wardrobe change. Yeah, he yeah. looks like someone from Road Rash for the first act <laughs> yeah. of the movie. Yeah. He's got like a long, long bangs and a till he gets all burnt up. Yeah, the first time. Yeah, the first that, that he has those horrible latex appliances to hide his eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> that looks so obvious right. now. Terrible, right. obvious. So yeah. bad. I don't know why like that his was eyebrows necessary. got burnt off. Yeah, I'm like, man, he could have just shaved his eyebrows. So, given yeah. as a final thought before we before we end this part one in our road to Genesis, on that note of road to Genesis, um, what we do know about the trailer is several scenes from the Terminator are in right. the trailer. The shot of like Arnold rising up in front of that, you know. Crane or whatever it was, yep. bulldozer. Isn't there the part where uh, Reese is in the department, in the department store, store and like Sarah drives in in the truck or something? Yeah, alternate so, past Sarah. Uh, apparently, maybe something to do with the plot has to do with that. The same night that this right. movie begins with May, whatever mm-hmm. it is, the um, Thursday in May. What do you guys? What do you? How do you guys feel about that? Are you excited to see some of that stuff revisited? Is it convoluted knowing what we know about the rest of the franchise? I just think with time travel movies like this, like Terminator has done, is you can just keep sending them back and changing it. So yeah. right. I and I think that they're gonna do that. I think they're gonna send somebody back and reestablish a whole new timeline for new tri- you know, mm-hmm. sequels and stuff. But I hope that this time they can kinda wrap it up where it won't be a situation where, okay, two movies later they're just gonna come back and revert it again. Maybe yeah. they'll like make it where this is a this is the final story yeah. that we're gonna get. Yeah, but they've prote- <laughs> no more time traveling. <laughs> no more. Just stuff. just keep going forward. <laughs> they've they've protected themselves from uh, being criticized for that by having it built into the original Terminator movie that the the future is pliable, partially open. Right. Yeah, partially they, open. They can they can change it. They, yeah. And I've enjoyed it. That's going mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, having Arnold 
as an antagonist on screen rather than it you know he's you only get him as an antagonist in the terminator and then uh briefly in salvation but and in you know two and three he's the hero and any other terminator is the bad guy like the t-1000 right so you sure that's the image of the bad guy that's burned in your head the idea of being the 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 t-800 that's the hero coexisting with the villain younger version yeah that's kind of an interesting concept that i'm like yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how that how old arnold puts the smackdown on young evil arnold yeah i just want to know the explanation for old arnold how does a robot age didn't we get into this in our last episode man because he's living flesh over a skeleton so he's just the his, flesh, his flesh was clearly rotting. That's why the guy made the reference about the dead cat in T1. Yeah. Because his flesh can decay. Was his flesh decaying because he had just been shot? Just all shot up, just yeah, beat up. So a standard reason it this, would age. Yeah. yeah, this other Arnold in the Genesis is where the source supposed to believe that he's just been around for 30 years and yeah, just man. getting wrinkly he just got dropped off somewhere in time and which like is earlier waiting. than 1984 that's the thing yeah. that they could have been doing anything in these timelines that we don't know right. about like oh yeah. there was this guy he's been waiting the whole time in this closet for you yeah well, well that's a, so my my biggest hope then is that uh <laughs> from as much as i like all the films in this franchise <clears throat> as much as i like all the films <laughs> in the franchise <laughs> now nah, we heard it after one and two the steam of the the stories kind of runs out, and yes. at that point, we're just making movies for the sake of making sure. Terminator movies. Yeah. And so, at that point, it's like, well, we need these ingredients. You got to right. have this and there, and this and there, and this and there, and it's like a throw together for the sake of making a Terminator movie, which is it still can be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that, and I have no idea how this could even be possible. That this will bring us back to a point where it's like, oh, we have a valid story to tell. Right. Rather than we're just, just making another Terminator Desperately movie. trying to craft ingredients yep. together yeah. that people we think people want to see for the sake of making it. Now that they got yeah. Schwarzenegger back, let's make another one. Exactly. Let's hope that that's not yeah. the sole motivation. Yeah. But the word on the street is that James Cameron uh, had a private meeting with the filmmakers at mm. one point and said, if it were me, I would do this. Oh, that. And that they took that That could be heart. great. Right, and it, they've already said this is would be the first of many sequels if it is successful. So maybe they have a big story planned. Yeah, and they're not just going to wing it, like you said. Do you think that old Arnold, old T eight hundred, will appear in the in the buff at some point? <laughs> Here's hoping. We can but dream. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see that. And old so, Arnold. And if so, will they recreate the shot that we saw? <laughs> the Griffith yeah. Observatory shot. Will the light the catch it just right? High, high, high definition <laughs> glimmer of light. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing that thing on a big screen. Yeah. Old Arnold. Hobo pants. Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or the RSS feed at youhatemovies.com. Be sure and continue to listen to our five-part miniseries, Road to Terminator Genesis, over the next week. And thanks to our friend Alex Salzadel for contributing today's sound effects.